Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Kids Media Club podcast. I'm Andy Williams. Hi, thanks for joining us. I'm Joe Redfern and here is Emily. Hi, I'm Emily Horgan and we are here with Ricardo Braceno, the Chief Business Officer of GameFan. You're really welcome, Ricardo. Nice to have you. Hi, how are you? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's always exciting. Amazing. Great. Um, now, we're, we're going to jump straight into it. Oh, sorry, Emily, I cut you off. <laughs> no, go for I it, Joe. Was... Jo- Joe's the Roblox, the Roblox fangirl, so I, I know, exactly. Go <laughs> so uh, already I've got a heap of questions. Um, but knowing that most of our listeners in the kids' media, well, most of the Kids Media Club podcast listeners will be aware of Roblox, but may not necessarily have spent much time on the platform. So as a way to kick off, I thought, give us a quick intro to GameFam. But for those listeners who perhaps aren't as familiar with Roblox as, as uh, certainly I am, give us a, a, a bit of a, a rundown on what Roblox the platform is and how important it's becoming kids' media lives. Great, yeah. Um, let me start answering the the Roblox question. Um, Roblox is. I'll give you two answers. Uh, first is I think that the the easiest way for me to describe it to anyone is Roblox is almost like the YouTube for gaming. It's a platform that hosts a well, millions of user generated games, um, and players go into Roblox or or you know fans go into Roblox. And there's a myriad of different experiences uh, and games that they can go and play. Now, in reality, what it is, it is a massive community of Gen Z and Alpha, you know, to the tune of 70 million daily active users. They just reported it in their in the Roblox most recent earnings report. So there are millions and millions of kids that come and use this oh it's almost like an evolution of social media it's where they form community gaming or the experiences are almost the excuse to come in here and they come in here hang out with their friends in the digital world meet new friends and do multiple things it's almost like the today's equivalent to going and hanging out of the mall they go in the morning to school they go to whatever soccer practice any sports practice and then they come hang out with their friends on Roblox, so it's a it's a very very powerful and engaged community, um, and anyone in those generations ha- is participating there. Awesome and um, shameless plug. It was it's seventeen point two million at the last earnings, which uh, Joe Redford kindly wrote up for uh, a, a recent issue of uh, my newsletter, The Kids Streamers Sphere. Um, so and that's the first time Roblox has breached that seventy million that seventy million uh, active user kind of uh, threshold. So that that's really really compelling. Um, so tell us, Ricardo, a little bit about what GameFam do in Roblox. Yeah, we are we are well we are the leading uh, developer and publisher and strategist on uh, metaverse gaming platforms or UGC gaming platforms. Uh, we go across Roblox, uh, Fortnite, and Minecraft. Our biggest focus is on Roblox, and on Roblox we do a few things. First, we uh, we develop and run a a network of games that are live operated. So we have about 29 million um, daily gameplay sessions to our network of games. We partner also with some of the biggest IP on, on, on earth to bring them to Roblox in a way that is successful. So we've done 
games for Barbie and Hot Wheels, but a lot of games for Paramount, Ninja Turtles, SpongeBob, but things like um, Cirque du Soleil as well. And we work on some special events like concerts. GameFam has developed three of the top five rated concerts on the platform. Um, so, you know, that's ultimately our expertise is figuring out how do we run a network of games and how we live operate and then how we bring brands into Roblox. And that can take the many different forms. It could be standalone experiences like the games that I mentioned, or a lot of times there's incredible opportunities in integrating into some of our existing games that have millions of players uh, coming in to them each day. And we figure out ways to showcase those brands in a way that is incredibly engaging um, for these players. And, you know, we give them access to this massive uh, user base. Yeah, I love that. I love that you make the parallel between YouTube and Roblox, and I think that's something we've heard spoken about in a few different contexts when when we're thinking about the two platforms. Can you tell me with Roblox, is there any sort of like genres that come to that are that are kind of solidifying? Like like what types of games are you running for these brands? I mean, if we think back to YouTube, certain types of genres became very popular on YouTube, like nursery rhymes or pranks. Like, is, is do we see the same kind of trends with you with, with Roblox? Yeah, it is. Um, there's a lot of similarities between YouTube and Roblox. There's a lot of differences too, of course. Uh, but uh, but yeah, even in the types of games, there's uh, there's certain genres that are very popular. But also, what's interesting is that those genres become more or less popular over time. Sometimes there's new genres that pop up. Uh, but you know, some of the bigger ones are um, are simulators. Uh, which tend to uh, form around gameplay that is uh, somewhat repetitive in nature. And by doing one action multiple times, then you get better and you continue to level up and do better in the game. There's tycoons, which is essentially building out your own empire of X, category X. Uh, there's obbies that are obstacle courses. There are some fighting games. There are uh, some driving games as well. Um, so, you know, those are some of the, some tower defense games. So those are some of the, the biggest genres. And in terms of those genres, just building out that in terms of what they might be to brands and to kids' IP, explain a little bit about the characteristics of the platform, you know, how, rather than just a marketing tool, how can these games and experiences turn viewers into real fans? How can it get them immersed in, in, in brands in a way that just watching video perhaps can't? So what we believe is incredibly powerful of UGC gaming is that it's, uh, these are active activities. Uh, it's a little redundant, but it's it's very it's active engagement, you know, uh, whereas on uh, our traditional video social media platforms or even TV, you're watching and, and enjoying the content very much. In this case, you're participating in the content. You have a say in what happens or what doesn't happen. So in a way, the way that, you know, we think about it is that UGC gaming and activating on these platforms gives brands the incredible engagement from, from experiential marketing and events that we all love, but with the incredible scale of digital. Um, so it's uh, that's why we believe it is the next frontier of brand engagement. There's some multiple reasons for that. First, um, 
there's an entire generation, like I mentioned earlier, of Gen Z and Alpha that are on these platforms more and more, and that's where you're going to be able to find them authentically. But second is that ability to engage very organically and actively with these brands. It's not, I'm not just watching a commercial. I'm not even watching my favorite TV show. I'm in it. I'm active. I'm participating. And that uh, is tremendously powerful. That's interesting. Do you think when I look back at YouTube, it took quite a while for brands to actually engage with YouTube as a platform. Um, do you think with Roblox, brands have been much quicker to kind of get on board with Roblox as a platform? Because YouTube, it took a while, I think, for for big brands to really kind of embrace the potential of YouTube. Well, it depends on how you look at it. Um, I, there's been a massive inflow of brands over the last, call it, three to four years into Roblox, but Roblox has been around for 15 years. So uh, it's been pretty rapid over the last few years, but uh, but over the duration, I mean, I don't remember how quickly brands were, uh, embrace YouTube, but um, it, they might be following somewhat dif- uh, similar trends. It's like the, the kids are all there and then all the execs sit around talking about it and then suddenly they go, oh man, where's our audience? And then th- th- there's a little chip and then it all floods in. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's kind of a joke, but that's that is uh, that is. It's not a joke. No, it's not. No. It's a kind of. It's also part of my my journey ultimately to game fam because you know I was I was a Mattel at the time. I was spent about twelve years at Mattel running Hot Wheels brand marketing, and uh, and a part of that was extending uh, uh, Hot Wheels into gaming. And we had multiple different very successful gaming initiatives, and we saw Roblox, and there was an incredible opportunity because there was, you know, millions and millions of kids, but there was no way to get on the platform. Now, this was back in 2017, 2018. There's no way to get on the platform um, unless you were an individual creator. Uh, There's nobody to develop games for these brands. And, uh, you know, that's ultimately what picked my interest on, uh, on Roblox and figuring out, you know, this seemed to be the future and it certainly has become the future, but I think we're just barely scratching the surface. This is only going to continue to grow. And, uh, you know, we're, you know, we're at the tip of the, of, of the wave and we'll, we'll see how it goes. And in terms of getting onto the platforms, uh, the platform, I know a lot of the producers that I speak to assume that it's going to be cost prohibitive, but actually there are different ways that brands and IP owners can get onto the platform, could dip their toes. Can you explain a little bit about how they might consider doing that? Of course, yes. I, and I think the, the very first step is to have a at least an initial understanding on the objectives and what they want to accomplish. Because um, as you're alluding to, Joe, there's a uh, there are multiple ways to get on the platform. And depending on what you're trying to accomplish, there are different ways to do it. That's kind of the first uh, watch out. The second is that once you know what you're trying to accomplish, I think it's important to find the right partner to to do it and have the right level of investment. I don't think that it needs to be cost prohibitive, but this is not, uh, this is also not a, oh, well, you know, these are, not very good looking games, so anyone can develop them for $10,000, you know, because ultimately it's a little bit of a garbage in, garbage out type of process. Um, so it's not, and that's what's really important. And now once you're, once you're decided that you want to go in there and you have, you know, clarity on what you want to do, again, there are multiple ways to do it. You know, there's the, the 
highest of levels, you can go in and do some simple advertising in like billboards and there's some videos and things like that, um, all the way to integrating into games. And that's one of the things that we do a lot of and that we find incredible at ROI because you get a brand uh, that wants to participate on Roblox. You align that brand, what the brand stands for, the message of the brand with a game that has kind of a similar either gameplay or type of audience or all of the above and create specific gameplay that is intended to engage the players of that, uh, of that game. Um, so ultimately, you get access to the large built-in user base in the game, much like brands do today, influencer videos on YouTube. You know, you are, but with the exception and the difference that it's not just watching, it's you're doing and you're engaging actively with, with a brand. And then, of course, there's kind of the, the biggest uh, of, uh, of the activities or the, or the investments in developing and running a game. Um, which again also has, depending on the objectives, it has multiple different components. Um, not every brand necessarily has uh, the ability uh, to sustain a game or the audience interest to sustain a game. Much like YouTube, you know, not every brand, when they want to be on YouTube, not every brand starts a YouTube channel. And a lot of the ones that do are not necessarily successful. And again, much like YouTube, it's not just about developing and launching the game. These are games that need to be live operated and updated on a regular basis uh, to continue right. to give new content to the community, keep them engaged, keep them coming back. And that's ultimately the way that uh, a successful game um, gets created. That, that's great. And just to uh, go to circle back to your analogy about influencers on YouTube, um, if if you, if somebody was just one person, one man band, so they there are countless examples of somebody recording stuff on a YouTube channel, building a community, and kind of really building it from scratch with kind of one person, one camera in their room. What's the equivalent of that in Roblox, and how how easy would it be for somebody to say, you know, what I'm going to build my kids brand in Roblox? It's just me and my creativity. Um, how how achievable is that as a goal on Roblox? <laughs> That's an interesting kind of loaded question. First, I'll start by saying that, you know, much like with YouTube, where there was the individual, there still is the individual creator starting a channel that all of a sudden uh, captures a community and takes off the same thing that happens on Roblox. You know, I don't... I, don't know exactly how many games, but in a given month, millions of games are published on Roblox and there's millions of individual creators or small teams of two to three creators get together and launch games. There's games coming on the platform all the time, much like there's YouTube channels and TikTok channels coming onto those platforms all the time. A few of those end up, you know, capturing that lining in a bottle and capturing an audience that continues to grow with them. And what we've seen over is that over time, just like with YouTube, those productions get more sophisticated, more involved. And, yep. uh, and you know, that's, that's ultimately the magic of creating these, uh, creating in these UGC platforms in general. Now, as far as building a brand, um, I would think about it a little bit different. I, I think that it's um, having an idea for a brand and uh, and building it only or solely based on Roblox is um, it's a challenge um, because 
again, as I was saying earlier, so many games come onto the platform on a given day and or so many experiences and only a few of them take off. Um, I do think that it is uh, that it's a very viable platform to start building franchises and start building brands. Uh, but it's not as simple as I'm going to make my Roblox game and this is what's going to propel the brand. But that's ultimately the world of brand building, because I would I would argue that it applies the same way to a TV show. You know, oh, I can uh, build a brand yeah. based on a TV show and how many TV shows are not necessarily successful. You know, it's just yeah. that the barrier to enter to a TV show is a little bit higher. Um, and, uh, then the bear to entry, entry on Roblox. Um, and yeah. now to mm-hmm. finish answering the question, um, you would still need to have some, you know, development experience so that you can develop the game on Roblox. I personally couldn't, couldn't, uh, but that's why we have a team of, uh, 200 people on our studio developing games that actually yeah. know how to do that. Yeah. And, yeah. And that for me feels like the distinction between YouTube where, YouTube kind of is um, accessible to somebody that's got um, a video recorder or an iPhone in terms of they can record something, but it might not be any good, but they they don't need sort of development knowledge or kind of uh, or need to know how to kind of create a game in the same way that you would on Roblox. So it feels like it kind of... 15 years ago, 15 years ago, Andy, like that wouldn't have been many people, right? Like, you know... Need to mm-hmm. like back I'm mean, yeah. back back in the day you yeah. need to have had like a digital camera and probably some sort of editing software on your computer you know like so it's funny how yeah how, how yeah, yeah. The opportunity well and yeah. also for game development this has democracy one of the things that Roblox has done phenomenally well is democratizing uh, game development because yeah. you don't need you know to be a computer scientist necessarily first of all you don't need uh to you know hire servers and you know get all the infrastructure mm-hmm. to launch a game you know so it's lower substantially the barrier and i would argue to emily's point that uh that it's almost the equivalent of youtube of video production sorry but uh but to the new generation because you know mm-hmm. if you're 18 if you're 20 if you're 21 today and you've grown up on these platforms making these games it's just second like, it's just like filming a video on your on your phone now i didn't yeah i would great. agree yeah yeah, yeah uh, great answer it's um it's fascinating to watch younger people on the platform and 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 it is known as a low code platform you don't need to have oodles of coding knowledge and I watched my 14 year old create one with his friends it was pretty rudimentary but he's not a computer science kid and he still managed to make one with his friends you know just for five of them to hop in and run around and that was the aim but they did it in a a couple of days so it's it's uh it's certainly not uh the barriers aren't as high as a lot would assume yeah um just to keep the analogies with youtube going and we'll try not to get bogged (laughs) down in them but we've spoken many times on this podcast about the challenge of discoverability on youtube yes joe that's Uh, what i was gonna say yes go for it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and it strikes me there's a similar challenge on roblox so talk us through that challenge and the levers that those considering Roblox might pull to increase their chances of discoverability, not least that kind of flywheel that you you spoke about before in terms of one platform is not enough to launch a brand in kids' media space these days. So that's a really interesting question because uh, the analogy is still there and, uh, and discoverability is uh, one of the biggest uh, challenges for any one game on uh, Roblox. And uh, Roblox 
much like YouTube, is incredibly algorithm algorithmic. I would argue that at this current stage, it's much more algorithmic than than YouTube. Um, and there are the algorithm itself plays a much more important role than any other discovery tools. So the most, the single most important thing for a game uh, to end up having some scale is um, is for it to hit the right KPIs that the algorithm might be favoring at the time. The algorithm always changes and evolves, so it's a little bit of a of art and science combined. Um, but what we've also seen is that, you know, aligning with some of the gameplay genres that are popular on the platform is one of the things that kind of helps discoverability. Aligning with big, buzzy brands or even creators also helps. So, you know, we saw that when we released the Sonic Speed Simulator game right around the movie came out uh, a year and a half ago. You know, that becomes the biggest launch ever on Roblox Sonic remains the number one brand that came out there. We saw something similar when we released the Barbie game that became the number number one brand of game when it came out. So, you know, there's there's some general cultural event and buzz that helps, uh, you know, some of these games surface. Uh, but there's also something really interesting that because these platforms are so community driven, we've seen a really positive correlation and really interesting uh, combination between social media or video YouTube TikTok communities and the Roblox communities and if you're able to connect both they kind of supercharge each other and it helps uh, discoverability and it helps ultimately drive usage to the game that then drives to the channel and it, it creates a really interesting virtuous cycle doesn't work all the time but it's uh, but it's one of the formulas that kind of work again because these both platforms are about communities and these are combining two communities that have shared interests. Yeah, that's interesting what you're saying about the video, the you know, that video kind of um, synergy, um, because also that we're seeing that more and more come come to Roblox too, right? And you talked about concerts earlier and one of the reasons that, you know, we got in touch was about this, um, you know, the Unicorn Academy, you know, Unicorn Academy premiere on Roblox. There is, um, there's, there was some activity for Sonic. So we're, we're kind of seeing it go both ways. I'd love to hear hear about that just for, for listeners. Um, Unicorn Academy launched on Netflix 2nd of November, but in the, in the month before it had its premiere on Roblox and YouTube. Um, it did some good numbers. It's done excellent numbers at launch uh, on Netflix globally. It's, you know, hitting that top 10, which we haven't seen a kid's IP do for guts of a year. So, um, yeah, I'd love to hear more about that. I, I, I want to geek on that, Ricardo, if that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, we've done a number of those. Most recently, we we released, yeah, like you're mentioning, Unicorn Academy, mm. um, the new the newest season of Bakugan. Also, we premiered in one of our games uh, before it uh, it came out fully. The new, well, not new anymore, the, but the Sonic Prime, the Sonic animated show that came out after the movie. Also, we premiered within Sonic Speed Simulator um, earlier in the year. We also created an immersive trailer for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Um, ultimately, what this is about is, you know, recognizing what we've been talking about, that there are this massive engaged uh, communities within the platform. And, uh, and this is where they're socializing and this is where they're spending time. So providing opportunities to get 
um, content in front of them is really important. So what we did with Unicorn Academy is we have our game Twilight Daycare, very successful game, you know, that's been uh, on the platform for, for a number of years. And we created a staging room. Uh, where, it was actually like a Unicorn Academy Island uh, type of world. You would go in there and there were multiple activities, but there was a screening room and you were able to watch the show. And But it's interactive. So things come out of the screen or then you, there, it's a little interactive. Um, so it's really compelling, very interesting. We got about 2.5 million people watching that first episode. When we did Bakugan in a different game, uh, we about we got about 2.4 million people watching it. Sonic Prime, we got 600,000 people watching the entire first episode um, in just one week. The first Saturday when it came out, we had almost 50,000 people watching it at the same time, which is crazy. Um, and like I mentioned, the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle trailer, that um, that was really interesting too because we created that as a standalone experience where you go would go into this experience. You're into this like very cool theater that it looked like the, like the Ninja Turtles lair. Um, and then you were able to watch the trailer, but then slime would come out you and coins and there's a little mini games there and you would unlock virtual items. That one was also really interesting. Now, I do think though, that even though that's been very successful and it definitely points to a trend, um, in the future of entertainment and the future of driving awareness of entertainment. And, uh, right now we're seeing the form of. You know, there's a screen and you watch it within Roblox with your friends or you're hanging out and there's a level of interactivity. Uh, but we believe that that interactivity can and should grow more and more to use what the platform can do for it. You know, this is a platform that's about engagement. It's about active engagement, not passive engagement. So watching something within the platform is great. But to some degree, we're not utilizing the platform to its fullest potential. So I can, I, we can see that continuing to evolve and getting even more and more engaging and much more powerful. And much more immersive. Yeah, that's very exciting. Um, when we're talking about, we're talking about obviously these big, these big brands. I mean, Sonic is huge. Had a huge movie, you know, recently. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles did also had a really great movie this year. Bakugan's been around for years. I know Unicorn Academy's new. Um, although you know, I'm sure Spin Master of, really, all signals point that they're investing in it like it's a franchise launch. I mean, are these are these types of of active of of experiences leagues above? You know, any any other experiences or how how do you see? you know, the engagement levels between, you know, one of these kind of established brands versus like maybe a Roblox first brand. Like, is there anything you could tell us about the trends you see there? You know, that's a really interesting question. And and I don't know that how established the property is necessarily, um, necessarily makes a difference. What makes a difference is the type of execution um, for a property that we know is going to have a ton of buzz or that has it's it's has had a ton of noise so think about barbie think about think about um sonic even even bakugan um those are properties where you know you could think of having a standalone game and you know having enough draw for it to sustain an audience if it is a brand that's never come out um or never been out 
it's probably better. You probably have that much better ROI by aligning with an existing game that has a community that has a community that you win, that you know is going to have the shared interest with a property. And that way you put it right in front of them and it's a lot more impactful. So that's the case with Unicorn Academy where, you know, we align it with Twilight Daycare and because we know that the type of player for Twilight Daker would be also the type of player or the type of audience that would be interested in Unicorn Academy. And it's that's a really interesting way to come out. Now, in the future, as the property Unicorn Academy gets more established, I think what would, would be interesting is to take some of the learnings from these integrations into existing games and figure out if there's an opportunity to launch a more standalone game that can be there for more evergreen franchise building, although that's a whole nother um, level of investment and, and, and commitment. And is that one of the key ways to kind of really drive discoverabilities to, is uh, like a classic strategy on YouTube would be for influencers to then do guests on other influencers channels and you'd have that partnership and you'd end up, uh, you'd end up benefiting from kind of sharing both communities. Is that kind of a key strategy for Roblox as well? That's something that we've done in the past and works really well. So, as an example, uh, one of our um, one of our successful concerts with Twenty Four K Golden, uh, one of the things that we did was we promoted the concert by having um, integrations or like thematic thematic tie-ins to the concert into a suite of multiple Game Fam games. So, all of the players in those games found out about the concert but there was also a quest or gameplay and gameplay driving them to the concert where there was also gameplay and rewards so that way we were able to cross pollinate cross promote with between games but again it's not just about here's the billboard that says hey go watch x and y uh on march 31st it's more hey do this and unlock the golden tank which again them thematically uh, ties to 24k golden and then go check out the concert. And when you check out the concert, you can get um, your golden wings, for example, you know? I think that's what you said when you're kind of referencing like active engagement with a capital A. It's like, it's not just go watch. It's like, go see, to go get, to go do, to go play. Like it's all kind of a, a circle. Yeah. And even the concerts are a really interesting example, you know, because us from kind of the real world, you think of a concert and you see someone performing and you wonder... What would a concert do on Roblox? This makes no sense. And, and what it is really is um, these are, first, of course, they are shared. You have a multiple people on that same, ser same server. But it's not just about an artist and a band singing there. It's more about a narrative story uh, or a narrative journey where as the, as the song evolves, the sets change and there's activities in scavenger hunt and interactive um, elements. So it's uh, it's much more interactive and engagement than a concert in real life. Um, it's different than, of course, watching an artist perform in real life, but it also have the shared experience, the community experience, because you are doing all of those activities and you're watching the performance with your friends within the server, which, it, again, it's it's really interesting. To me, it's still a bit of a foreign um, concept because that's not necessarily something that I would do, but uh, but this is the way that the next generations are engaging, so it's completely normal and uh, and not unquestionable to them, you know? Yeah. And, like, as Roblox gets more and more multimedia like this, do you think there'll be a time where experiences on Roblox don't really need video or YouTube or TikTok? Or, you know, do you see, do you, do you always see there being a kind of parallel path there? 
for I think that you know any <clears throat> what we've seen is that any large franchise is very multi-touch point, you know, and uh, and because ultimately you want your audience to be able to engage with your property wherever they go. Um, and what we do know is that, you know, this audience moves very seamlessly between the real world and the digital world. And that's why it's important to have a digital world presence. Now, when they are within the digital world, they would spend some time on YouTube. They'll spend some time on TikTok, but they spend a lot of time on on, on Roblox and this UGC gaming flat platforms. There's a, there's a study published last year that shows that Gen Z and Alpha spend almost twice uh, the time every day on Roblox than they do on YouTube, which to me kind of makes sense because of the engagement, but it's also kind of mind blowing because we've all recognized how YouTube is there to stay and it's pervasive in a great way. And that Roblox is growing and that Roblox is big. But when you compare both and you see that the amount of time is twice as high on Roblox and on YouTube, still with 70 million uh, daily active users, it's crazy. Like, when are they getting their homework done? <laughs> well, that's a good question. Um, and we don't know. <laughs> I guess there are, there are a few educational games on Roblox as well. Yes, I mean, I think that there's also there's also different degrees of, of education. There's I don't know that all education necessarily. And now I'm I'm not an expert in education, but I don't know that education needs to be you know the typical classroom education. Um, there's a lot of skill sets that kids can develop on uh, that a lot of kids can develop through play, through gameplay, and uh, and so so there's definitely learning there. Now it doesn't. I wouldn't say that it replaces typical schooling or regular schooling but uh, curriculum yeah but you learn through gameplay you learn to socialize you learn problem solving you learn grit and not giving up and of course there's also what we've been talking about that part of what makes roblox uh so great is that is the ability for kids to create as well so they learn coding they learn creating and they learn uh, problem solving in that way so those might be yeah, amazing. What's the balance in terms of the audience and the user base in terms of kind of how does the age distribution, uh, what does that look like? Um, are there more boys than girls on the platform? Do you, do you have any of those kind of uh, figures? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the platform is very um, gender balanced. Uh, and that's one of the things that is really interesting because, again, it's not – just gaming and that's one of the things that you know in our heads we tend to categorize things between well this is video this is social media this is gaming and yes we think of roblox as a gaming platform that's a way i think about it too but in reality these are community platforms and because there's such a strong community uh component to this then these platforms are so much more broad-based than what you would have considered gaming. So they're broad-based in terms of uh, gender. They're broad-based in, ter in terms of age. Of course, Roblox is a little bit on the younger side, but as uh, you know, as time goes by and, and kids grow in the platform, they stay in the platform, and, and the, the platform has been aging up pretty substantially over the last few years. Again, very strong component of 12 and unders, 
but the 13 and ups continues to grow and even the 18 and ups. And we know that this has been also a deliberate push uh, from Roblox because, of course, it's important for them to, you know, as kids get older and they want to they want to have access to different type of experiences for the platform and for the creators to be able to deliver those experiences. So the so the users stay within the platform. Well, and, and not to not to not to, to drop this one again, but just like YouTube, you know, th- th- there is this problem though, right? Because it's like YouTube, the kids, the kids came for YouTube. They were all on YouTube. They they all they are on YouTube. I mean, we, there's multiple stats to say the kids are there every day, and and we can even see, you know, in terms of the IP and the channels that are, you know, the the big hunking uh, big boys on YouTube. You know, there's a huge footprint of kids channels there. Obviously, Coco Melon leading the leading the pack. Roblox is the same. How do you think the platform is going to solve this issue? Because obviously the problem with kids is that you can't advertise to them very efficiently. It's illegal. So, you know, I know they're, they're kind of going after these older audiences now to try to solve that, that, that issue, but I'd love to hear your, your view on how they're going to, how they're going to kind of walk that line. That's a good question. And I don't, I can't really speak for the platform and and what they're going to do, but, uh, but I think that what is, interesting is that if I try to put my brand hat on, what matters most to any brand is to deliver engagement and to create fandom uh, in, you know, in the audience. It's less about advertising. Um, And I think that there's uh, really compelling ways for you to deliver, to create that engagement, to create that fandom, to create awareness, delivering entertaining experiences and uh, content that's entertainment, entertaining in and of itself, rather than advertising a specific product or sending people to go buy this, go watch that. And I think that ultimately, that again is what's what's most powerful. And then you can always use other channels to drive uh, direct conversion. Um, but so I, I we see Roblox more as a top of funnel, at least for now, top of funnel type of um, type of platform. Um, I mean, it would be fantastic to have a world where this evolves, and at least for the older side of the of the audience, drive a bit more direct conversion. But it all starts with the top of the funnel. We in this day and age of digital marketing and performance marketing, we're all hyper obsessed with the direct conversion. But um, but really, you need to start with the top of the funnel. There's no direct conversion uh, if you don't if you don't have any anyone coming through the top of the funnel. It's hard to justify those expenses sometimes or those investments sometimes because you don't see the direct dollar attribution. But without that, there's no bottom of the funnel. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 wisdom. And um, what advice would you have for kids, IP producers that are thinking about starting out in Roblox? I know you mentioned like know your objectives to begin with, but is there anything else that you would say that? Sorry, you mean um, individual creators that want to start a career on Roblox or? I I would say the, the listeners to this show would, would tend to be coming from the. Tr- quote unquote traditional kids media background where they you know they might have been producing kids tv shows and, and they're they're interested in getting onto roblox you know is it i know we said we said earlier, like it, it's not necessarily that cost prohibitive like what 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 steps would there be to like dip their toe and is there any kind of advice you have and it might be interesting to answer that in two parts because um <laughs> you can have one man or one woman bands that are creating 
their own kids ip and um a bit like they might approach that on youtube and then you can have bigger studios that are interested in roblox and looking to establish some kind of presence there as well so maybe kind of break that answer down for for both both sides of that question i think um <clears throat> You know, I, I think that the answer is very similar for both. Um, of course, I'd imagine that the bigger studio has a bigger budget. So, you know, if you have more money, things tend to be easier, although mm -hmm. they, they're not always easier. But I think that the path is similar. And it's similar to what I was outlining earlier, is understanding ultimately what is your objective. Um, find a reputable partner to help you along this journey. Um, what's really interesting and exciting about this world of uh, UGC gaming, metaverse gaming, is that it's really early and there's a ton of opportunity and there's no playbook that has been written. That fi I find that to be incredibly exciting because, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit more of a Wild West type of person that I like figuring things out. And there's a lot of opportunities if you do it well. Uh, now, the downside is that there is no playbook and it is hard to follow. There's, there's no set of steps and there's a lot of people out there that are, that represent themselves as experts that might not be experts or might not be the experts in what you need. So it's really important to, again, understand what you're trying to accomplish and talk to a lot of people, talk to a lot of people, play a lot of Roblox, watch a lot of videos of Roblox gameplay. Um, that's ultimately what I do a lot. I recommend that heavily <laughs> because when I go play the games, I get my butt butt kicked big time. Well, <laughs> I can't play the game because I'm too old. But uh, but there's a lot of YouTube videos, so you understand the platform and how the brand might align, and that will be will allow you to understand really who the right partner is and what they're if what they're proposing to you makes logical sense or not. If it's going to deliver your objectives, and then finally get started. You know, it's it's better to start trying things out. A lot of them are not going to work, but some of them will. You know, but if you don't mm. get started, you don't know what's going to work and what isn't going to work. So start taking some, even if it is controlled measure bets, so you can start getting information and see where, you know, where your brand resonates, where you, you know, if how close you're getting to your objective so you can pivot very quickly. I'm so pleased that you're, I'm not the only one getting my butt kicked on Roblox games because man, I <laughs> suck at them. <laughs> oh, I am terrible. I'm terrible and it's embarrassing because uh, my team is fun of me. Great. Well, I think I'll probably just finish up with one more just to like, there's no playbook. The playbook's being written. Do you see a, a, a point coming? And I know we've asked, already asked you to crystallize once, but let's do it again. Why not? Um, when a game development studio like GameFam is like a fully fledged media company and, and you know, like I know you come from the Mattel background and, and like, Game fam could be the next Mattel or, or something like that. Do you, do you see that coming or do you think it'll, it'll stay delineated? We believe that that will happen and it's already starting to happen. Um, there's a very good chance that the next, you know, big franchise is going to come from metaverse gaming. Um, if nothing else, because we're running out of superheroes. Um, <laughs> But, but, but no, it's, uh, the reality is that there are massive user bases that engage with these properties day in, day out. There is fandom for these properties that are coming out of Roblox. And uh, just like with comic books, just like with TV shows, just like with movies, uh, you know, there will, be, there, there will be plans and there will be ways 
there will be ways to extend those and build those franchises. As far as the other side of media um, of you know, using the building audiences to, you know, promote other things and to advertise. That's also happening already because of mm. the giant user bases and g- giant user bases that are engaging with these games uh, or with these experiences. These are perfect locations for brands to, you know, show up in a way that is organic and engaging. So, you know, just like they do on YouTube. So there's a lot, a lot of the components of big media companies or the typical media companies are already there um, and they're just starting to scale. And, uh, you know, as some of these experiences get more sophisticated and the, you know, the, the typical elements of a franchise or that make any franchise extendable to other different touch points will be built into these experiences and, you know, can very well see that there. You know, as an example, our Twilight Daker game has a toy line that has been that was selling worldwide or is available at Walmart, Target. So, you know, those are some of the early I guess data point that show that these user bases are so large and engaged that they're gonna want to engage with the property outside within Roblox, but also outside of Roblox. Great. That's exciting. That's exciting. Honestly, I think that's, you know, it's an opportunity. I was at the Manchester Animation Festival last, last week and there was lots of students in the audience and they were talking like, what, you know, what, what are we supposed to do and how are we supposed to prove stuff and, and where should we go and YouTube and TikTok. And I was like, why, would, why, is, no one, no, why is no one here to talk about Roblox? Roblox is such an opportunity um, to get involved. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's hard, but it's hard with any other platform. But uh, the other thing that's really interesting is that, you know, on something like Roblox, you get so much information of what works and what doesn't work, what players are engaging with, what they're not engaging with. So there is a lot of uh, there's a lot of direct real time feedback so you can adjust your 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 IP and, and, and make it better, make it what the audience wants. Yeah. And that's that's something that's come up a lot again in kids media. It's commissioners are looking for proven or tested IP and, and what better place to kind of just get at least a first scrape of insight. So. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Ricardo. Thank you guys. It's been a fun conversation. Hopefully this was insightful and, and, and interesting. hundred percent. Yeah. And I think it's going to be really, um, really valuable to, to our listeners because yeah. it's an area that people are interested in, but maybe don't know as much about it as they feel like they should. Thanks for tuning in to the Kids Media Club podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And until next time, take care and happy listening.